Let's read Genesis chapter 16. Genesis chapter 16 is about Hagar, the Egyptian slave of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Genesis chapter 16. Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abraham, See, now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abraham heeded the voice of Sarai. Then Sarai, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abraham, to be his wife. After Abraham had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. So he went to Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. Then Sarai said to Abraham, My wrong be upon you. I gave my maid into your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between you and me. So Abraham said to Sarai, Indeed, your maid is in your hand. Do to her as you please. And when Sarai dealt harshly with her, she fled from her presence. Now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to shore. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maidservant, where have you come from? And where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they shall not be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are with child, and you shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has heard your affliction. He shall be a wild man. His hand shall be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are the God who sees. For she said, Have I also here seen him who sees me? Therefore the well was called Berlai-Roi. Observe, it is between Kadesh and Berar. So Hagar bore Abraham a son, and Abraham named his son whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Abraham was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abraham. Who was Hagar? As most of us know, Hagar was the Egyptian slave girl of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Abraham and Sarah were ch childless until very later age or until their old age. As Sarah was barren for a long time, she gave Hagar to Abraham to bear a child. Hagar became pregnant with a child. Now in this chapter we see Hagar suddenly becoming a single mom. 
abandoned by the family where she belonged until now. And she is there in the wilderness where only limited resources are available. She was wondering and she was having a question in her heart. Does anyone care? Does anyone care for me? This morning I'm titling my sermon as Does Anyone Care? Can you say that with me? Does anyone care? Can we say that out loud? Does anyone care? She was crying in the research. You can understand her situation. Her own husband abandoned her. She never expected that even Abraham would abandon her and give her completely in the hands of Sarah to be harshly treated. And she was so upset because this had happened. She never expected that that would happen in her life. She thought nobody would love her anymore because the only one love that was available in that house was Abraham's. And even Abraham abandoned her and there is nobody to love her, nobody to care for her and nobody to even think about her. Carrying a child in her womb, she was just all alone in the wilderness, not knowing what is ahead of her. She thought no one is seeing her. Getting human help at this situation is totally remote. It's totally impossible. She was certainly worried about the baby in her womb, if not for her very own life. She was, I believe, totally terrified by the surroundings, not knowing when she may be devoured by, not only she, along with the baby, she may be devoured by a wild animal in that night. You know, I'm not sure how much Hagar knew about our God, but all that she knew was no one is seeing. No one is caring for her at this moment. No one knows what he or she was going through at this moment. She never thought that somebody is going to see her. She never even conceived that idea of someone coming alongside of her to help her. When God spoke to her through the angel, she realized that God saw her in that situation. You know, today I just want to talk to you this minute, this morning, as we are about to address this sermon. Today, some of your complaints are the same. No one is seeing me what I'm going through in my life. No one knows my struggles. I can't tell it outside. If I tell it to people, they will think bad things about my family. Even people, those who are very close to us, they think that everything is going on well in our lives because they do not know the struggles that we are going through. So even they don't take care because they assume that everything is going well in your life and in my life. The abuse, the frustration in life by controlling our emotions within us, not even sharing that with outside. You know, at times we live in a very constrained relationship because our intention is not to break the relationship. Our intention is not to get into separation. We try to contain everything within ourselves. And there are times we scream within ourselves without even the word coming out. 
Does anyone care? Does anyone care? And when you think about all the people, those that are around you, you don't have anyone really because everyone is busy with their own agenda. You don't have anybody really to care for yourself. Hagar was in the same situation. This morning and I want to center down my sermon to one verse, just to one verse, Genesis 16, verse 8. And he, the angel of the Lord, said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, where have you come from? And where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarah. Where have you come from? Where are you going? And all that she could answer is, I'm fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. When this question was asked by the angel, she never realized that, you know, God, who knows the past, where she is coming from, and she never realized that, you know, God knows the future, asking her a question, where are you going? You know, God wanted to reveal that he is the God who does care for somebody. He's the God who cares for us. He's the God of the past and also he's the God of the future. You know, today the amazing truth is that our God is the God of the past. He's the God of the future and he's the God of the present. Can I hear an amen? Out loud, please. God knows our past. The angel asked, where, you, where have you come from? And where are you going? That, that was the exact question to Hagar. And Hagar answered, I'm fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. That's true, Hagar is fleeing from Sarai, from the house of Abraham. You know, God knows the affliction of Hagar, the harsh treatment that she would have re received from Sarai. The torture and the abuse. Even though Sarah initiated all this trouble. But now she never, she couldn't even handle it. You know, it's probably it's very common for any woman. You know, to behave in this way. And she was so aggressive with Hagar. And she was kind of abusing and torturing her. This morning I just want you to reflect on these words. I want you to turn to your childhood days. Some of our childhood days, you know, we were not treated well by our parents. The scar is still, still inside of us. Those wounds are still inside of us. When I talk to some of you, I know that. That wound is still deep inside of you. Because there was a partial treatment in your family. With other children of your parents. After your marriage, after your marriage, your husband loved you so much but you are mistreated by your in-laws some others you know live they live in the abusive relationship with your husband we can't even tell that outside we can't even speak that out loud god saw the beatings god saw the insults god saw the abuse and god saw the torture that you received you would have received from your husband but you did not tell that to anyone Others know very little bit, very little, even your sister, even in your father, your mother, they know very little bit of it. But God knew everything because he is the God of the past. 
were people around you they were always mistreating you they were not treating you well they were not giving the dignity that you deserve you were falsely accused of doing of not doing certain things and God saw all these things in your life I want you to just think about for a moment as I was preparing I was just thinking about my past how my life was the time when I walked out of my parents you know because of study reasons various reasons I couldn't live with my parents at the age of five and a half I had to separate live with my grandparents you know I was just thinking about all these things were running in my mind when I was just preparing this sermon I want you to think about how was your childhood one of those scars you still carry in your life God saw your struggles Bible says God saw the affliction of his people in the land of Egypt let's read Exodus chapter 3 verse 7 and the Lord said I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters for I know their sorrows we are talking about a God who sees our affliction God who sees our troubles you know the funny thing is even before we knew our God God knew us you know there are many instances in the Bible that I can quote I want to quote one thing here when Philip introduced Jesus to Nathanael he asked Philip can anything good come out of Nazareth can anything good come out of Nazareth and Philip said come come on come let's go and see <coughs> we read this in John chapter 1 John the gospel chapter 1 verse 47 and 48 when they came to Jesus Jesus said look at these verses behold this is one when Nathaniel Nathaniel coming towards Jesus and Jesus said of him behold an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit God is saying he's a perfect man and Nathaniel he was asking God you're so surprised he asked how do you know me Lord I thought you do not know me because I never thought of you I never knew about you how do you know me Lord and verse 48 as Nathaniel asked this question how do you know me Jesus answered and said to him before Philip called you when you were under the where out loud where fig tree we were under the fig tree I saw you do you remember the day when we were sitting under your fig tree do you remember the day when we were sitting under your fig tree and crying out to God probably you were not walking with God you did not know about your God or you would not have bothered to follow God God saw you what an amazing God he saw you when you are sitting under the victory God is a God who sees even before we knew him when people look at us today listen to me they don't really recognize or realize our past life they don't know the struggles that we went through in our past life they look at all our beautiful faces they look at all our you know activities and looks everything good outside they don't even realize the rough and tough times that we had in our lives now being a pastor I know little I may not know many things but when we look at people we do not know the struggles that they had gone through in their lives 
Some of us, maybe, you know, they lost their hope in their lives. But because God had been faithful, because God saw them even in that situation, when they were sitting under the fig tree, God is able to faithful to, God is able to revive them. And even if people do not know us, God knows us. Don't think that nobody is seeing you. God is seeing you. God's eyes are upon us since the childhood days. Even at our younger age, even the time when we thought, you know, we, we are not worthy to live, we are not worthy to continue our life on the face of this earth, when we lost hope, you know, even at the time, even some of us, you know, lost our parents even at the younger age. You would have lost your husband or your husband would have left, whatever it may be, but God knows. The God is the God who made this universe. The sky and the stars. He certainly know about your past. Psalm 147 verse 4, there is an amazing scripture about our God. He counts the number of the stars. He calls them all by name. I was just thinking about this scripture for a while. How many stars I can name? How many you can name, Hijin? How many you can name? Nine. Nine? Okay, nine stars, right? Not the planets. Okay, nine stars you can name. Okay, how many stars you can name, uh, uh, Ginny? Six or seven? Yeah, that, that, you know, that's right. Even I could name maybe six, seven, nine, twelve, twelve, maybe I did study a little bit of astronomy. But God, God, Bible says, how many of you believe this scripture is true? <laughs> we are all Christ followers, we are all Bible believers, amen? Okay, right. <laughs> it's not written symbolically, it's written literally, I believe. He counts the number of the stars. He calls them all by name. Our universe contains at least 70 septillion stars. What does it mean? 70 followed by 24 zeros. Can you count that? That's known as septillion. 70 followed by 24 zeros. That many stars that God can count. Astronomers, these are all estimates. Astronomers estimated that our own galaxy, which is our galaxy, by the way, Great. Amen. Praise God. Our galaxy Milky Way alone contains 100 billion stars. And there are how many galaxies? Nine? Okay, that looks like it's a tough question. Okay, there are hundreds and thousands and millions of galaxies too, right? Small, small galaxies. So our God, our, our Milky Way galaxy contains how many stars? 100 billion stars. 100 billion stars. And astronomers estimated for one grain of sand on earth, there are 10,000 stars. So how many grains of sand on earth? Multiply by 10,000. That many stars. And our God counts them and he calls them by name. Such a magnificent such an amazing, such a God with a, such a deep understanding and wide wisdom. He knows even the name of the stars, even he could count the stars. How much you, he knows what you went through in your life. 
Such a God with an immense power, such an immense wisdom saw you even before you were formed in the womb of your mother. That's what Psalmist says in Psalm 139 verse 16. Your eyes saw my substance. Not even a shape of a baby. Not even a shape of a squirrel. Even before you were formed in the womb of the mother, even before the substance was put together in the womb of your mother, our eyes, our eyes of the Lord saw you and in your book they are all written, the days that are fashioned for me, when, I, when as yet there were none of them. Even before everything took place, Bible says, Psalm 139 verse 16, God saw us in Genesis chapter 16, 8. Genesis chapter 16 verse 8 and angels said to Hagar, Sarah's maid servant, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress Sarah. When God could count the stars, when God could see even before we were formed in the womb of the mother, even God could see when we were sitting under the fig tree, even God could see in the troubles of our lives during the situation when you know we went through when we went through difficulties in our lives. When God could see all those things, how dare we think that God doesn't know my past? How dare you to say that God doesn't know what I'm going through? We don't know what you're going through, but your God perfectly knows what you're going through. Your God, if you believe in your God, he knows perfectly what you are going through. Hagar, sitting in the wilderness, talking to the angel. I know where I came from. I know the troubles I had there. The angel asked, where are you going? I mean, that's a very invalid question at this moment. Where are you going? In a way, it is worth asking that question to check whether Hagar knows where she is going. And she's very clever, she didn't even answer that question. All that she said is where she's coming from. She didn't even answer that question. God knows your future. Can you say that with me? God, little out loud, God knows your future. Where are you going? I do not know. All that I know is I am fleeing from my mistress. I don't have an answer to your question because I do not know where I am going. You know, many of us, we came to this land. We came out of our father's home, father's house. We came out of our comfort of being fed with the hands of your mother. You know, some of the students, when they come here, when we talk to them, you know, they say that your mom used to give me food in their hand. I'm missing that. You came to this land and you do not know where you're going. But God knows. Because God knows your future. You don't know what is ahead of us. What is ahead of you. We don't know what is ahead of us. But God knows. We came into this nation not just by, an, not just by accident. God had already planned and God had already displaced you. Can you say displaced? God displaces people very strategically. You did not know 
But God knew already that you are not going to Toronto, you are going to coming to Halifax. <laughs> Let me add a little more. God did not know that you will leave Halifax, sorry, you did not know that you will leave Halifax and go to Ottawa. But God knew. You will go and then you will. I didn't say anything, they said. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you came out of your country and you obeyed God. Coming out of your nation is obedience, the first obedience you show to God. How about that? Because when God has a plan to displace you, sitting in that country is of disobeying God. When God has an amazing plan for you, by the way, I'm talking to believers who have not come here just for a job, who have come here as missionaries, somebody said, Bana, missionaries. We have not come here just for a job. If you have come here just for a job, you can go back. God had brought us here as missionaries to this land. It is the same call that was on Abraham when God called him out of this nation. God called you out of your country. There is no doubt about it. Very soon you, are, you need to surrender your passport. Do you know that? I'm not just threatening you. You know, I like this, all the scriptures as they are written. If you give me the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and with a coffee in my hand and put me on an easy chair, I will sit there for days and nights. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11 verses 8 to 10. This is how I understood. By faith, Abraham obeyed. And you also obeyed. By faith Abraham obeyed. You also obeyed. When he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. Certainly God had planned material blessings and spiritual blessings as inheritance for you. When he brought you to this nation. I believe that. And when and he went out. Abraham went out of his country not knowing where he was going. Hagar fled away from Sarai not knowing where she was going. You and I even today do not know where we are going. Amen. Because that's the reason the Bible says we are strangers and pilgrims. Today they will go to this pilgrimage and tomorrow they will go to another pilgrimage. I'm not saying that today you will go to this church and that church. I'm not saying that. Today you do not know where God is keeping you and tomorrow you don't know where God is taking you. Verse 9, by faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country. For many of us, this nation is a foreign nation if we are first generation immigrants here. Dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, you may be in your rental apartment or you may be in your refugee camp wherever you are. The hairs with him of the same promise with his children. Western, for he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Why God displaces us to some other place where you go and you wait for the city which is not built by your hands. The city of God to come down and you wait for that. Once you are here, you are called to work, raising your own and other children. The next generation for God and wait for 
your time to come and wait for the eternal city the call of God over Abraham the call of God over hey God in this situation in this scenario the call of God over your life and my life it's all the same Abraham came out of his nation and he came out of his father's house Ruth came along with her mother-in-law from the country of Moab back to her own nation and she said I'm not going to go I'm going to come with you if God is displacing me for a reason if God is displacing me for to bring forth the next generation if God is bringing displacing me for the seed to come forth from my life I'm willing I'm not staying back I'm going wherever God wants me to go you know does it make sense at all this morning to you amen you know God displaces people with a purpose Ruth chapter 1 verses 16 and 17 if we can read Ruth says for wherever you go I will go and wherever you lodge I will lodge your people shall be my people and your God my God was 17 where you die I will die and there I will be buried the Lord do so to me and more also if anything but death parts you and me a call of God on the life of a woman who wanted to obey the call of God Abraham Hagar now many we can go on and on we don't know our future but we are willing to go where God takes us we do not know where we are going but God is willing to take you as long as you are willing to go God doesn't say but he takes you amen God doesn't say where you are going but he takes you but he takes you he said to the disciples go therefore and make disciples God did not say that you will go to this country that country God said you go and he was take the disciples were taken to different nations Hagar in the wilderness she was about to die and God is asking do you know where are you going where you are going she never thought this God would see her this close we have a God who sees our future not only our past our future Psalm 34 verse 14 Bible says <coughs> excuse me the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry what does it mean when Bible says the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous God is seeing us God is seeing you first Peter 3 12 Bible says for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil you know if we walk with the Lord if we build a righteous life eyes of the Lord are upon you and upon me we don't need to know our future give ourselves to in the hands of the one who knows our future we don't need to know where we are going but we need to know how to fall in the hands of God who will take us where he wants us to be placed just want to read this quote with you give all your unknowns into the hands of the known God who knows your future give all your unknowns into the hands of the known God who is known to you who knows your future 
God is the God of the past and God of the future, but He is also the God of the present. Genesis chapter 16, verse 11. The angel continued the discussion and he said, Behold, you are with child and you shall bear, bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael. You know, Hagar was with a child. Probably Hagar knew about it. Abraham, Abraham knew about it. And Sarah, probably she knew. She knew suddenly that Hagar is having a child. That's all. She never thought that anyone else would know. For her it is a total surprise. You know, we are talking about a God who knows the present. Who knows what you are going through in your life today. And God is saying, my child, my daughter, my son, I know you are present because I am the God of the present too. You know, some of us may be telling, forget my past, forget my future. I have trouble, enough trouble today. And Bible says, and God says, even God knows that trouble. You may be saying, does anyone care for my situation? Yes, God, absolutely. God does care for your situation. You may say that whether anyone cares for my disappointments and my current waiting and my current wondering whether anybody cares for me. Yes, God cares for you because he is also the God of the present. You know what Hagar wondered at that moment in the wilderness? Someone could see her. And someone could care for her in this situation. The only one hope was lost. That was Abraham. And the moment even that hope was cut off. She was totally hopeless. Just facing death at any moment. When the sun goes down and the night comes. She was very sure that she is going to die in the wilderness. And God sent an angel. And God said, I will protect the seed that is in you. Amen. I will multiply your descendants exceedingly. You know, see the God who comes on time to protect your life and to protect my life. It's important that we carry the seed, the precious word, the precious Jesus inside of us, the precious anointing inside of us. As long as you carry that seed inside of us, instead of you, there is protection. You know, that's the reason we need, we, we say that you need to come under the protection of God Almighty. It is not enough if we serve multiple gods and goddesses. It's not enough if we consider Jesus as one among the many gods. It is important that you need to come. Your seed will be protected if you come under the protection of God Almighty. He says, I will protect the seed that is in you. God cared for Hagar. Even in this present condition, he knows your present situation and he cares for you. Your problem may not be the same as Hagar's problem. Hagar's problem was different. Hagar was worried about the baby in the womb and how she can protect that baby before getting killed in the wilderness, maybe by a beast. Or maybe by weather conditions, whatever it may be. Your problem is totally different today. But the same God who saw Hagar is seeing your condition, your present situation. And how can we say that God is not caring about me? You know, this morning I believe that, you know, someone needs these words. 
Someone needs these words of encouragement. God is not doing anything for me. You know, he keeps keep saying that often. But this morning God wants you to know that if I am a God who cares, if I am a God who provides help in the right time, in your present situation, how can you say that God is not caring anything about me? If you are called out of your country, and if you are wandering in the wilderness, and you are there as a stranger and as a pilgrim, wilderness is part of your life. If you are called out of your country, think about Abraham, think about anybody for that matter. If you are called out from your country, and if you are wandering in the, in the, in the, in the nation as a stranger and pilgrim, made, pilgrim, wilderness is part of your life. But there is a God who sees us. Does anyone care? Yes, your God cares for you. I want to quote the scripture here. Matthew chapter 10 verse 29. What Jesus said. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. Two sparrows sold for one copper coin. And even that sparrow will not fall on the ground without the will of the Father. How much more he cares for you. How much more he sees for you, sees unto you. You are under his covering. How can you say that no one cares? How can you say that no one looks at me, no one sees me? Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, Bible says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Read the scriptures. The eyes of the Lord, the flaming fiery eyes of the Lord run to and fro quickly the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Amen. What a, what a wonderful promise it is. When Jesus came to the tree, the sycamore tree, Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, make haste. Come down. Today I must stay at your house. Today I must stay at your house. How did he knew? How did he know that Zacchaeus is on top of the tree? He's the God who knows the present. Some of you, at the very early age, you carry so much of burden, you know. Some of you came as a student. You would have never thought that the amount of labor that you are doing right now, you would have never thought that you will end up in doing at this age. Bible says in chapter 3, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 27, it is good for a man or a woman to bear the yoke in his or in her youth. God knows the struggles that you are going through as a student in this nation. You end up in doing things that you don't need to do. You end up in doing a kind of job that you never expected that you will do in your lifetime. But one thing reminds the same that God displaced you. God had brought you out of your nation. And you are called to walk in this wilderness at this time. When that happened to Hagar, she realized the truth and she said in verse 13 of Genesis 16, Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees. For she said, I have also seen, here seen him who 
sees me. Hagar realized that God saw her in distress, in her distress, and he called and she called. God, you are the God who sees. El Roy. El Roy means you are the God who sees. Can you say that out loud? El Roy. You are the God who sees. When Jesus was ministering, he saw the situation of the one who is lying down at the side of the pool of Bethesda. And he came to the pool and he had compassion over him. When Jesus came to the pool of Bethesda, Bible says in John chapter 5 verse 6, when Jesus saw, when Jesus saw him lying there, you know, we are talking about a God who sees. We are talking about a God who sees. He sees his condition. He saw his condition. And today he sees your condition too. This morning, the life of Hagar, standing in front of us as a magnificent testimony that God is so much aware of you, not only your past, not only your future, even your current. Shall we all just stand for a moment this morning? Some of the final thoughts as I share before we close. God saw the struggles of your past. Even before you knew God, He already knew you. Knew you. The only thing, the only God, only one who knows the numbers of the stars, the only one who can call them by name, He knows all the struggles that you have gone through in the past and still going through. We don't know what is ahead of us. But the one who sees us, he knows what is ahead of us. He knows perfectly what is there ready for you and for me. And this morning God is calling us to give all of our unknowns to the known God. Who knows your future. Hagar's problem may be different from your problem this morning. But the same God who saw Hagar in her situation is seeing you this morning. You are called to come out of your country. You are called to live in this land as a stranger and a pilgrim until the eternal home gets ready for you. But we need to remember all along in our lives, He is the God who sees. He is El Rohi. He is the God who looks into our lives. This morning our question is, does anyone care? Yes. God cares for you. Shall we get into a time of prayer this morning?